Chocobo. Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of 8 Bits, the retrospective video game to screen podcast for members only of our special subscription service, unless we release this video months later as a not subscribed video, in which case, hey, uh, I hope whatever month we're in is good. My name's Robbie it, Anderson. Is, is this a video? Is it? Did I say video? You did. <sighs> if I'd have known, I would have I would have dressed up a little bit better. <laughs> it's not a video. Well, it's a video for you and me. It's not a video for uh, <laughs> everyone else. I don't know what you're talking about because you're wearing your tuxedo, which I think is strange, but I think it looks. I great. mean. I mean, yeah, this is what I normally wear, but I would have spruced it up a bit if I knew we were going to be releasing this to the public. I know. Well, hopefully this episode will never see the light of anywhere else but the members-only service, the people who give us the money because they like us the most. Because it's where we do all our most professional work. It's where we get real, real profesh for you guys, the listeners. Uh, I'm Robbie Anderson, if you didn't already know. I'm joined by Mike Burge, if you couldn't already tell. It's me. It's him. We're here to talk about... So last episode, a recap previously on 8-Bits, we talked about Mario, the Super Mario Brothers. That's Mario and Luigi, Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario. We talked about their uh, foray into feature films, which was a nightmare. A pure nightmare cinematic disaster that we had the pleasure of talking about. And then we also talked about the games, our history with Mario and whatnot. And uh, we're continuing this fashion by talking about uh, a property that I think is both, like, in my mind it seems underrated, but it is one of the biggest intellectual properties out there. And has had its time in the sun many, many a time over. Uh, we're talking about Tomb Raider. Uh, Lara Croft, Raiden Tombs. Uh, Tomb Raider originally came out in video game form in 1996 before it was remade into 2013's Tomb Raider. Uh, after that, it was Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. There are many sequels also to the original Tomb Raider before we got our remakes. Um, but yeah, it's about this lady. Her name's Lara, Lara Croft. Oh, it's Laura, but it's not. Lara Croft. She raids tombs. We got a bunch of movies out of this. Well, we got three movies, actually. Just three. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike, you have been quiet in telling me all your opinions on these movies, but... You have mentioned that you have the opinions. So I'm going to take the muzzle off you. Don't bite. Mm. All right, go. Well, the adventures of Lara Croft. Laura? Lara. Lara. Lara Croft. The name of the character in all of these things that we just watched and or played. Yeah. Um, or Lara. Sure. Uh, Lara. This Laura. is like a, this is a good, like, I, Tonya. Yeah, I'm going to get it right by the end. You'll be fine. Uh, you also covered uh, the Tomb Raider uh, 2018 movie when it first came out. It was uh, like episode 93 of our hot takes of our you know podcast. You covered that with um, 
uh, washboard ab connoisseur himself, Jack Kalajeski. It's funny. He doesn't. It's. I like that you said that because it implies that he doesn't necessarily have the abs, mm-hmm. but he. Well, he does, but he, does, he also he does, appreciates. But he really yeah. he likes to judge like a wet t-shirt contest. Like mm-hmm. the abs on this one, very good. The abs on this yeah. one, even better. Right. So, it's kind of uh, like the opposite of like because I don't have hair, I love people that have very nice hair, like yourself. Oh well, thank you very much. I like your do. I like your do yeah, just fine, you. Mike. You you pull it off very well. Thanks. People like what you got going on. Have you heard? Mm-hmm. Have you? you okay. have, oh, no, you haven't heard. You. Oh, you haven't heard. I, people I haven't heard. people love it, man. No, uh, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Uh, Go ahead. I used to play. I used to play the games all the time back mm-hmm. on the old gray PlayStation before we knew there were going to be any sequels. Yes, we know. Um, the uh, the 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 Spiss, as the kids are calling it. I don't think they called it that. But continue. Yeah, the Spiss. Okay. Um, and used to love playing those games. They're a lot of fun. It's they're essentially the closest that you could ever get to like a kind of three D Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. way back when in like 95, 96, uh, when I was playing them and I played, uh, the main ones and then I kind of fell off. Uh, I started kind of getting out of like playing video games, uh, all the time right around the end of high school, like a normal person. Uh, and then I got back into them when I was in the military, like a normal person in the military, because you have a lot of time to burn and, then kind of fell out of them again. And now I'm kind of like getting back in every now and then I like toss in a disc in. Um, and uh, uh, for to get ready for this episode, I started playing the 2013 Tomb Raider, grabbed a copy of it. I made it about halfway through. Uh, I've been pretty busy lately, so I wasn't able to commit as much time to it as I wanted to. I really wanted to beat the thing. Um, but I got a good grasp of what its intentions were, what the reboot qualities of it are. I like them all. I think it's a very good game. I hear the second one's even better, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, and when we talk about that game specifically, uh, you know, I'd love to talk with you, someone who knows much more about video game mechanics and so on and, and kind of the storytelling nature of video games. You have a much better grasp on it within your mind as I do or rather you can at least articulate it much better than I can um and then as far as the movies go um the original Angelina Jolie movies are some of my favorite uh of its time of of its time kind of early aughts uh action movies that were just like really fucking weird now when you look back on it uh and the new Tomb Raider uh, from 2018, starring Teen Heartthrob Alicia Vikander, is uh, I think a uh, one one of the best video game adaptation movies ever made. I don't think it's a perfect movie, and its flaws are quite blatant and sort of big. But I think overall, the movie is a really fun time, and I when I watched it, I really liked it uh, the first time. But I could see its kind of pacing issues. Uh, uh, act to act you know the beginning is much more thrilling than the middle and then the ending gets thrilling again but you know i have major criticisms just based on it i think it's trying to do two different things at once and both those things are cool but they don't really work together um but i really like it and watching it a second time i was just like this is like a really good having having played the tomb raider game a little bit i'm like oh now i kind of see i'd always known yeah they're kind of going for like 
the the gritty realism of like this new trilogy that's going on right now but having like played like 25 percent of the 2013 tomb raider game i could really kind of see the dna of where this is coming from and i'm like this is like almost beat for beat like what's going on in the game and then they're just kind of sprucing it up with this sort of 90s uh like late 90s early aughts like action thriller throwback isms uh and i'm into that uh I think the cast is incredible, and overall, I think it's a pretty pretty great video game adaptation. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it might be one of the greatest video game adaptations. Yeah, Which that's... brings up something we didn't really discuss last time. Like, what is like, what do we consider to be like great video game adaptations? Which is the entire point of this of this show. Yeah, I mean, I think at, at this current moment, it's a little hard to answer because i i feel like i want to you know assess this and i'm I'm down to assess this question per episode in a way uh as we will as we'll have to but i'm assuming you know by the end of this series of episodes we'll have a better grasp on like all right what really what really worked what really didn't work in these adaptations and whatnot maybe actually we could have a more definitive articulated answer uh my my journey with tomb raider is a little all over the place I had never touched the the OG Tomb Raider. Uh, I had watched some videos on it, and I was familiar with it as it is a major part of like the cultural consciousness at this point. Um, and I was, you know, I've been a young boy before, so I knew that this mm. character, you know, was hot. Uh, so as so it was told to me. Um, so yeah, never really touched them. And then I remember when the new Tomb Raider game was coming out, I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool because it kind of looks like Uncharted, which is, you know, kind of like a, a funny part of this whole conversation is is kind of like what Tomb Raider is basing itself on or what it's, it's painting homage to or what it's inspired by. Because like, you know, the original games inspired by Indiana Jones and uh, 007 and then uh, the movies, I would say, inspired by Indiana Jones, but a little bit more like, you know, they kind of feel like Fast and the Furious movies. I know it predates Fast and the Furious, but like, I think it does. I don't know. Which ones? The original Tomb Raiders movies. Yeah. Uh, first Fast and Furious was 2001. Okay. But um, and it, but it's interesting that you bring that up because it is. I I heard you and Jack talk about the Tomb Raider, Uncharted, Tomb Raider, kind of you know which came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing, and that's the uh, the Bodie Toretto complex, which is mm. uh, Point Break inspired Fast and Furious. Yeah, Fast, the first Fast and Furious is a Point Break ripoff, mm. and then Fast and Furious became this big thing, and then when they made a Point Break remake, they made it like a Fast, Fast and, and Furious. And Furious. So you're just kind of like, it just kind of feeds into itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with, you know, so then when we get to the Tomb Raider rebooted games, I I only played, I think there was only a demo release for the first game, but you played through like, we're spoiling everything in this episode. So if you haven't, you just, we're going to tell you about the things about, we're going to talk specifics about the games and the movies. We're going to tell you about Angelina Jolie. But in the game, uh, I got to the point where she has her first like big kill. And that's kind of like when the game like opens up, right? Um, and probably, I think a little bit further than that. Um, and I was digging it cause I'm a big Uncharted fan and I like that, like the climbing mechanics are very similar, but this movie or this game felt a lot more grounded. It was much more about like survival and its mechanics kind of like echoed that sentiment and that your, your character was like upgradable. I thought that was really interesting, which is something Uncharted doesn't do, but I like that it was kind of like 
aping Uncharted shtick a little bit. Um, uh, I'm more into Rise of the Tomb Raider, the follow-up game. I did beat that, and I really, I really like that game. And I played a little bit of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, and I thought it was okay. I, I didn't like it as much as uh, Rise is my favorite one by far. Um, but yeah, but I, I watched the uh, the 2018 movie. Uh, when it came out for a hot take with Jack, and I remember, you know, it it coming out like I guess closer to when, you know, I must have played the original game, but still like you know five years in between. But uh, yeah, I remember I didn't really like the movie that much. It felt very like I I remember feeling bored with it. I I couldn't like get engaged with like the characters and stuff. It didn't really do much for me, and and I remember feeling like I was only kind of getting interested when she was doing more Tomb Raider. What I thought was Tomb Raider-y stuff uh, by the end of the movie. And then we're doing this podcast, and I really had no desire to watch the Angelina Jolie movies, but for, you know, the sake of conversation, gotta do what you gotta mm-hmm. do. You gotta do it. So, you know, I watched those, uh, and my feelings about them were kind of like, you know, they're very goofy. Uh, but, like, it was hard for me to really... It, it felt like a chore watching them. I'm definitely excited to talk about them, and I'm glad that, Mike, you're jazzed about it, because... I'm into that energy and I'm with that. Uh, and then rewatching the 2018 movie for the second time, I actually, I actually kind of fucked with it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Uh, it's I actually cool. like it, that's a perfect word for it. It's cool. It's a cool movie. I yeah. uh, I watched it on my like brand spanking new 4K HDR TV, and I rented the like super HD version of it. And uh, the movie looks fucking great. Uh, yeah. It looks really cool. And um, the the actress's name. Um, how do you say your first name again? Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander. Um, she's, I mean, I, I love her from Ex Machina, but uh, I, I really like her version of Lara Croft because um, it being still very removed from the Angelina Jolie version, but I really like what they do with the character to kind of make her like trying to find her own way. Um, she's not this just kind of like rich person who goes on adventures, you know, but she kind of, you know, she has to become this Tomb Raider. It's a, it's almost a title she has to earn. Uh, mm. And for me, that movie just didn't really land for me. The second time watching it is, I think towards the end, it gets really unravelly. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I do really like what they did with, like, the the climax of the movie. Like, how they were, like, how they kind of, like, mixed mysticism with, like, totally. oh, like, it's it's actually this, like, flesh-eating virus. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. If, yeah. you guys, if you guys went full supernatural, though, I wouldn't be opposed either. At that point, I'm like, I'd be down with that too, you know? Right. And I think, like, that's something that is, like, really fun about, like, the Tomb Raider games and the Uncharted games. It's like, they usually play very straightforward. And then towards the end, you get some mysticism yeah, that, like, weird. starts. I mean, the first time I played the first Uncharted game, I'm like, great Indiana Jones thing. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, gargoyles and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, what? It's cool. Yeah. And I kind of like how Indiana Jones movies always follow that trend and then at the end you're like is the ark real and mysticism and it's like is the holy grail real and mysticism you know are the aliens real and Kate Blanchett gets her like face melted off or something I really kind of appreciate the change in the tone of you can see how this would be misinterpreted as mysticism through time and you're like oh it's this flesh-eating virus that has very I love that they don't explain the rules and they don't over explain how this thing transmits or works. They're just like, just don't touch the skin. 
yeah. I love I love how that is kind of like I love the beauty of the of the the mystery to it because it's just given at the end. There's no time to like spend on these new rules and they don't really go into using it too much. It's just kind of used like, you know, how the pill, how the little green pearls and the rock are used at the end where she puts it in his mouth and smashes that shit. It's yeah. cool. Um, and I, I think like it's the, the, the realism of the 2018 movie is both its charm. And I think it's downfall because the original 2001 and 2003 Tomb Raider movies, we should have had five more of those. It yeah. is like the perfect James Bond, like the like the opposite side of the, like the same coin where it's campy. It's goofy. You've got this character that can pretty much do anything at any time and is super charismatic and over the top. And you can always keep putting in these different love interests like Daniel Craig, Gerard Butler, like who are the Croft boys? You know, if you got the Bond girls, like you can get the Croft boys. And I, I really think that the movies aren't all that great, but honestly too, the, uh, there's not a lot of great Bond movies. There's like, there, you know, there's like over, there's almost 25 of these things at sure. this point. So like, there's like five or six great ones, but like, I don't think they gave that movie enough time, those, that, that series enough time and it's the campiness and the over-the-topness that I think is so entertaining in it. And when you're doing a Tomb Raider game and you want to make it realistic, I love that they ground it where it's like she's not an archaeologist. She does not know what this stuff is. She likes puzzles because her dad liked puzzles. And she's also uh, highly athletic because she's always attempting to prove herself so that when she's put into these situations where athleticism is going to kind of be key, even if she's never done these things before, we know that she's, you know, hashtag fit, that she can that she can manage to, like, support her body weight. She has the capability of doing it, at least. Right. The capacity to do these things. And and this age of like this kind of like essence of realism throughout the movie is really cool. I think it really works for the gritty tone that the movie is trying to set and the very kind of gritty nature that like the themes of the movie about like fathers and uh, fatherhood and abandonment, because all of all of these characters are either. Uh, fathers who have abandoned their family or people who have ab- been abandoned by their father all the way down to Himiko, who is like essentially the, the, you know, the overall quote unquote villain of the movie. And I think that that's really interesting because like daddy issues, <laughs> I love him. Loves I absolutely love loves him. that shit. This guy. Yeah, man. Um, and I think that all of that stuff is good. And then on the opposite side of that, I think all of like the CGI in this movie is really cool. I think it's used uh, a nice mix of practical and over the top CGI for big effects and big set pieces and stuff, I think are all done very well and they look really good, but they're so over the top that you're like, wait, I have already been conditioned for half an hour to treat this grounded movie as real. That would kill someone. Yeah. You know, and so you, you, it, it sucks because like you see Arnold Schwarzenegger do this shit in like Commando and Red Heat and Predator, and you're like, he can take it because the mo- the whole movie is so over the top. Predator is probably the closest example because Predator also grounds its stuff very realistically. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger gets very hurt. I was gonna in say that he, gets, he gets fucked up by the end. He of gets the movie. really fucked yeah. up, and I, I just wish that they had fucked uh, Lara Croft up a little bit more. Honestly, like I yeah. think that. It's it's well, something to see her smash through like what looks like a quarter mile of trees and she's got like a splinter in her in her tummy, which she gets like over very quickly. 
Yeah. And it's just little tiny things like that, which I don't think that I can really hold against the movie all that much. But I can definitely see how something like that on a subconscious or even conscious level would kind of sour a viewer's taste and be like, mm, this feels like it's all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I remember, I feel like that was one of my criticisms when I did the podcast originally is that it felt like it was a little over the place. And, and then in rewatching it, I was just like, it's not really all over the place. It's just kind of really all over two places and towards the end. Cause like the exactly. minute they enter the tomb, it's a very different movie. And it's not necessarily mm. a movie I don't fuck with. Cause it's just like, they're doing Indiana Jones shit. I fuck with that. Yeah. They step on a yeah. thing, a thing happens. You're surprised. People are getting picked off. Because like, you know, the tomb is this is this force of evil, it's this character, or it's you know, it's this physical narrative impediment that is personified as traps. Like, it's cool. I like that like type of plot, you know? Like I've I've liked it for years. Because we, why wouldn't we all, you? Why why wouldn't you, right? Uh, especially as someone who like plays games where, you know, the same logic applies. But yeah, when she's in the tomb, it's just the movie just changes so drastically where she's doing all this Tomb Raider stuff. And you're like, yeah, this is the title of the movie. But like, I was so much more interested when she was kickboxing and riding yes. the bike with the paint. You know, <laughs> like and it's like this is the that opening with the paint is so fucking so good. cool, it's man. So good. I was watching yeah. it. I was like, oh, yeah, I love this. Uh, I really had a great time watching it. Like I'm buying all of these on Blu-ray as we're getting ready to watch them and stuff with the idea of like, you know, just reselling them. And if I really like something, I'm going to just hold on to it. And like I popped the double Blu-ray of Lara Croft Tomb Raider and Cradle of Life right in the to sell (laughs) bin. And I put Tomb Raider right with the T's in my in my in my thing for tits Um, (laughs) for breasts. I can't believe I made it 20 minutes into this without making a tits joke because hey, I mean, come on, it's, it's right there. Well, it's right there. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, man, it's, it's a part of her story is the character, the big story, not, not the, the 2018 o- version. Yeah. No, no, no. The over sexualization of, of like the first yes. female main video game character cannot is, be oversighted. Yeah. It's not only expected, the lengths that they went to it, like I used to get like Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine. Yeah. She was like, there a, would be she was like a, a spread out. out like, there was there was a pull out page of her like laying on yeah. like a bearskin cloth, Burt Reynolds style, with like a gun covering her vagine and like uh like a like a like a like a belt of bullets, um covering the ends on her tees. You know what I mean? Yes, the naps. It was yeah. a very odd time to be alive and a, a more odd time to be a 12 year old boy. Yeah. I mean, I think that like my parents wouldn't even have let me play Tomb Raider if I had access to it. Cause they're just like, Oh, it's the game about the girl who's hot. But really the, those games, like, you know, they give her giant gazungas, which the story goes, it was an accident by the designer, which is like, sure. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that, that was kind of like, yeah, that's, have you, cause I sent you that video, right? The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh yeah. He accidentally like increased your bus size by like 150% and they're like, leave it. It's like, okay. <laughs> accidentally. Sure. And, and a star was born and a star was born. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I remember it just, it never, that game never, like, I was never just like, oh, Tomb Raider. Oh fuck. I, I was like, it was always kind of at arm's length. I was also a Nintendo boy. 
uh, and a bit younger. So that game was you, always you just, a little too out of reach for me. Yeah, you hit it right there where it's like uh, Tomb Raider's coolest thing wasn't like the shootings and stuff like that. They had a lot of really good shooting stuff other in other games. The cool yeah. thing about Tomb Raider were the puzzles. And unfortunately, they just kept knocking out Zelda games that have like the best puzzles ever. And it's just such an easy task. Like I played all the Tomb Raider games and I remember them being fairly easy. Sure. And, uh, you know, kind of just like boom, 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 boom. You didn't even have to start reloading until I think the later games. You just kind of had infinite bullets on all the guns, uh, except for the rocket launcher, which like I think you only get three for the whole game. I, I might be wrong in that. I feel like I remember that. That might be Resident Evil. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it, the the stuff about the new movie, which, you know, the Angelina Jolie things, there's really not a whole lot to talk about with them. You know, like, uh, I love it when she punches the shark. You don't love it when she punches the shark. I, I, um, I liked it more. as You don't like it. You don't like it as much as I do. So that means you don't like it. Well, uh, that's there's a lot of truth in what you said and a lot of <laughs> incorrectness. <there. laughs> that's that's my that's my brand. That's just how it works. <laughs> what he said was true, but it might not be correct. Yes, um, fair. Like those things, they just really don't have a whole lot going for them as far as like stuff to discuss and dissect because there's there's really nothing interesting about them. But the movies aren't asking aren't asking for our interest. They're asking for our attention to excite us and entertain us. And I think they do a decently good job on that in regards to like a female driven adventure, Indiana Jones, James Bond esque movie. I think they pull the campiness of that stuff off with some of the lesser ones. You know, it's it, they've got more in line with something like temple of doom and a view to a kill and like diamonds are forever. Like, especially like, you know, the Pierce Brosnan era bonds, the, the tomb Raider movies and those bomb movies have so much DNA crossover Cradle of Life was directed by, like, the 60-year-old dude that, like, made Speed and Twister. So, like, the guy knows what he's doing, but, like, also I don't think he gives a shit because it's Tomb Raider. And I think it's kind of this laughable thing that everybody just wasn't taking seriously while they were doing it. Yeah. However, when they make the 2018 one, there's all this, there's all this like, rebranded respect for the series because they've released these two amazing like gritty dark games that kind of rip off Uncharted, but Uncharted ripped off Tomb Raider. So have at it. And one of the things I really love about the 2013 Tomb Raider game is, and it's the thing that I love about The Last of Us, the thing that we've talked a lot about The Last of Us 1 and 2 the past year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and oh, yeah. one of the, the thing that I really love about The Last of Us is the, you know, and there's the video game term for it. Is it cognitive dissonance? Is that Ludo, what it is? Ludonarrative dissonance. Ludonarrative dissonance. Where it presents us with like one of the best things about The Last of Us games is that you can get through that game without killing every person that you bump into. You're able to walk around and move around people if you take your time and you're good enough at it. You're going to miss out on some items and it's going to make later things more challenging. But that's kind of the thing that you have to give up if you want to try to not kill these people and treat them like real people. I love that. And I love that the game actively uses those actions in the second one to force you to do it. They're like, no, you have to because you are because you are compelled. You must do it. And I love in Tomb Raider, the 2013 game, that uh, it is an origin story, much in the same way the 2018 movie is, and that you start off not knowing anything and that you can't even use your fists 
or your axe. You can't use them to fight people. You have to like run away from them and shoot them in the leg. And then you can grab a rock and smash their head in. You have to unlock being able to not only use certain weapons and climb certain things, but you need to be able to unlock very basic, brutal interactions to take people out. Now, you have to kill all of the, much like Uncharted, you bump into things where it's like you can't sneak around too much. You're in a a kill box, essentially. Yeah, you you can't run away. You have to kill everyone to activate the next moment that's the cutscene that's supposed to happen. You know, and like, I get it where it's like, yeah, her killing that dude both in the game and in the movie, uh, I think the movie does it better, um, is in and of itself. You go right into killing right after, right? Like, once you kill that yeah. dude and you're like, yes. oh, man, that was really hard to do. So he's just like, all right, well, well and she's, <laughs> she's, you know, in defense of it. Yes, she does. She does go very quickly into it. But she does also, like, have a line where she says, like, gotta do what you gotta do. It, it was pretty. It, it's insane how easy it was. You know, um, like that kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. it and it's and it's 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 just like a brutal it's like the serial killer thing where it, like it gets easier. Sure. Killing people gets easier the more that you do it. Um, so I've heard. Just putting that out there. I don't. <laughs> Just so everyone. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, looks pretty easy to me, but it's video games. I, I love that in in the movie, like the this gritty moment happens, and you almost every movie review we've already even talked about it on this earlier. Every review for Tomb Raider 2013 or the movie is going to talk about that scene and be like, it is refreshing that we kind of get that that kind of lip service to it's not easy to do this thing. If this person hasn't killed somebody before the first time kind of takes something out of you. But then, yeah, of course they have to jump into killing people because like, that's the game, you know, like you have to do the murder. It's, it's a a lot of the criticism. uh, Naughty dog faces this criticism, not only in last of us, which is an example we can bring up in a second, but also uncharted where uncharted it's like, it's tone versus what you're doing when you pull yes. back what the game is. It's like, it's this lighthearted, swashbuckling thing. But meanwhile, you are killing an insane amount of people throughout the course have, of a game. <laughs> like, have you ever seen the uh, the deleted scenes from the first Austin Powers movie no. uh, with, the, with the henchman deaths? Mm-mm. There were a run of scenes that I don't know if they filmed all of them, but they definitely filmed a couple of them. And the running gag in the movie was supposed to be that every time Austin Powers kills a random henchman and he kills like 15 or so. Sure. It was it was supposed to cut away immediately to like the the family of the guy that he killed getting (laughs) the news that he's been murdered and like the son reacting and being like, no, but Papa, but Papa said that he was going to take me to the baseball game next week. <laughs> it's OK. It's OK. And they're like, damn you, Austin Powers like that. And they were going to keep doing that. And I think about that all the time. And I think The Last of Us does its absolute best, even in the first one, to try and, you know, if Last of Us Part Two proved anything, and we'll try to be unspecific as possible with this, guys, because we don't want to get too into a different video Tomb game. Tomb Raider. Yeah. We're spoiling Tomb Raider. You know, if anything, the first and second game taught us that Joel, the main character of The Last of Us, not a really good dude. Uh, like, at all. Uh, I think he's got, I think his heart's in the right place, but he is... Um, a pretty bad dude. I mean, the game is meant to challenge your moral code, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's the, 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 the moment in the last of us part one tentatively called the last of us. Um, 
definitive edition, whatever. <laughs> Remastered definitive edition. Uh, there's a moment halfway through where another character that you get to play as uh, goes through a similar moment that um, Lara Croft goes through in the 2013 game and the movie. And that shit really plays hard because while you've been playing as that person, you haven't been killing people because that's not that character's gig and you don't want to make that character do it. But as soon as you're Joel again baby because that's his whole thing is that he's just like i'm a, I'm a tear through this shit but also in the first one you can sneak you can be a sneaky sneaky and yeah i wish that you could do that a little bit more in tomb raider with the stealth i think it would make more sense to the character and i like that they do that in the movie at first she's just kind of sneaking she's around not a killing machine right she like, doesn't want not, to kill yeah. people but she realizes like these guys are gonna murder me and murder everyone else here yeah. If I don't and she starts doing it because she knows her dad's there and she's like, I can have the life I've always wanted if I can find a way to get off this island. And yeah. the way to do that is to maybe steal some shit and that doesn't work. And she's like, OK, maybe the way to do that is to like uh, steal some more shit. And that doesn't work. She's like, all right, I'm just going to try and fucking kill as many of these people as I can. And to like defend herself and go on the offensive. I get it. It's an action movie. You're going to have to do it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I. I think with like Last of Us Part Two, again, not to spoil, but thematically the story about Last of Us is like kind of like violence begets violence, right? Like the game is very critical on violence, and yes. I'm bringing up this point not necessarily because because I, I agree with it. My opinion, I think, is a, is a, a bit more nuanced than than this talking point about the game. But like for a game that's about violence begetting violence, you sure do commit a lot of violence. In my opinion, I think that that actually like really further fuels the the point of the game in ways while still making it gamey. And I think by the yeah. end of Last of Us as a franchise, you're supposed to feel a little yucky. And I think it's yes. cool that a game can make you feel a and little yucky. I, I like think that's that. why a lot of people didn't dig it, you know. Cuz they felt yucky, but they felt like and I feel like shit. They didn't know? think that they were supposed to feel like that and it's like you have a great phrase that you use for the last of us and it's like if an artist makes you feel something different that you weren't expecting and that maybe you haven't really felt before like is that not a (laughs) well-made art like that's that's that kind of thing and it's i think the violence in the last of us too is also very kind of people don't just commit some people do but the people that we're following in the last of us people don't just commit violence because they want to uh, they either have to or they're driven to and they don't know why. And we're presented in both of The Last of Us games with these characters who we like and we want to like each other very much yeah. uh, who repeatedly do things that maybe we disagree with and we are forced to be them. We are controlling them and making them do these things. And I think that's what the second one really kind of blossoms into is like this discussion on, well, you're making them do it. And it's like, well, no, you're the writer. You wrote them. You made them do it. And he's like, well, yeah, but we didn't make you, we didn't make you play the game. Like it kind of becomes a chicken and egg thing there too. It's just like, I I, I dig it. And I like that Tomb Raider kind of has like that odd personality conversation to it three years or two years before Last of Us Part Two really kind of shot that stuff in there. Because you're right, the Uncharted ones definitely were getting a lot of that because he's just like, 
uh, uh, hello. Uh, I remember when you used to get boners when you were a kid. <laughs> grenade, grenade, grenade. Mm. Um, yeah, and like you know, I think in Last of Us, like I almost like don't get the talking point as much because I'm just like it just makes so much more sense in this world. The Uncharted one, I vibe a lot more with that criticism. Um, sure. Because it's just like, yeah, it is kind of really at odds with itself in that way. But, you know, kind of the, the thing that, like, really unites, like, these talking points in general across, like, all games, not so much Uncharted, is is this idea of, like, uh, survivorness, Like, needing to survive. Like, doing anything in your willpower to survive. You know, Uncharted is not really a survival game. It's more of, like, you're doing platforming to get to the next kill box, and then a cutscene happens, and you go to do some platforming to the next kill box, with some varying degrees of differences there. Um, but like thematically, thematically jumping away from Last of Us into the to the game we we are here to talk about. But like th- this idea of like, you know, doing anything you, you need to, excuse me, to survive. Uh, I do think is an interesting gameplay mechanic. And, and that's the thing I really liked about Tomb Raider is, is just the fact that, yeah, you have to start from square one. You're building this Tomb Raider um i don't think it goes as far as like if you get injured can you just like heal yourself snappy or do you have to like pull something out of you no no yeah it it, it's a um time-based recovery system you okay once you exit a fight you begin to heal more rapidly and during the fight you get a little bit of that uncharted stuff where it's like yeah more more gamified there's um did you can't wait to hear how that sounded on the mic (laughs) um there's a Metal Gear Solid 3. I know, Mike, you haven't played any of the Metal Gear games, right? I have not. They have eluded me. Yeah. Well, if they make a movie, we'll make you play them all, I guess. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they're all, like, varying degrees of similar and different. But uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a little bit more of, like, a survivor e game. Like, it has, it's like you're trying to survive in this, like, area of Russia. And, like, when you get injured, like... Like say something like someone hits you in the face, or or they 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 push you down or something. Like you'll be injured, you you'll lose health, but you can't regain health until you like make a splint and wrap your arm, and you have to heal yourself in very specific ways. And like if you don't have if you don't have like bandages, and you know pieces of wood, and you can't make a splint, and then you can't heal yourself. So you're gonna have to figure that out. If you have a bullet, you need to use your knife and pull the bullet out of you. And sometimes like you have to take a little bit of damage so you can start healing again. So like. I always wanted, like, in that game, it was actually, like, super cumbersome and not really that fun. But I always liked it conceptually. Mm-hmm. This, like, idea of, like, a like you know, your, your character being so frail or, like, or being human, you know? Like, you being injured, like, you getting shot. Like, you can't get a shot a million times. You have to, like, if you get shot once, you're kind of fucked. And, like, uh, you know, games, like... I think Last of Us do it really well, where you know your character still can take a lot more damage than what their real life counterpart could, but like you know it it is a survivor based game. The whole everything mechanically is about like surviving and living, and you know if you're if you're getting injured, you have to like bandage yourself up, or like you can only like you can't get wailed on in Last of Us. Like you can only really get fucked with like a few times before you have to like get out of there. You know. Mm-hmm. And on the uh, the. Uh, what is it? L- L- Lulin Davis dissidents. Lulin, uh, Dave, uh, David, dis. Ludo narrative dissidents. Love it. Um, I think that every game has at least one of, 
if not all four of these basic things, which is what all games can pretty much, I think, be put into. Whether they be board games, card games, video games, all these different things. And you have you have an A to B, which is you have to get from one place to another. And there are varying degrees of obstacles in between you or just a length of time to get there. Um, something like football or Mario, you know, stuff like that. You have... Um, maintenance where like something like Jenga, where it's like, you have to be very uh, careful about how you kind of go about doing things and take care of certain things and plan ahead. Uh, I also think that that's a lot like chess and checkers. Um, and maintenance is something like a health based system. Like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, other one obvious is puzzles. There's just puzzles are games. Jigsaw puzzles are games. Um, you know, battleship is a lot like that too, where it's kind of like, you have to like also like, you know, there's maintenance in there, but you also it's a puzzle. You have to figure out where certain things are based on what you've already done and something like Tomb Raider, Uncharted, these games, Zelda, they all have puzzles, puzzle rooms and stuff that you can go into to solve stuff to progress or get new items uh, and new items fall into maintenance as well. You need to upgrade yourself to be able to move further to be. But then another big one that a lot of games have, mainly sports, is targeting. You know, bowling is all about targeting and the easiest thing to do in targeting with a video game, which is why a lot of games use them all the way from Zelda to Call of Duties and so on and so forth, is shooting things. And I feel like the dissonance conversation is I get it. I understand it. But it's also kind of like that's the point of a game that has guns in it. And it's very hard, I think to make that it's very hard to make something that you play for 35 hours and that you're going to have to kill a couple hundred people because that's the game. I feel like it's like if you didn't have to kill that many people, people would call it boring because you give them a little bit here and a little bit then they're like, Oh, I wish there was more of that, but you give them too much of it. And it's kind of a Goldilocks complex where they're just like, "Mm, that's too much. Is there a just right medium? I think that there is. And I think Last of Us Part 2 kind of proves that where it's like, it's not that you give them less killing. It's you give them the option to not kill, but it's going to make the rest of the game harder. And that's kind of, that's why I think some people, again, not speaking for everybody, that's why some people commit violence. It's easier to hurt something than to heal it. You know what I mean? I mean, I think when it comes to like the the term Ludo narrative dissonance and this idea of dissonance between the the player and their in game avatar, um, like speaks more to like the it it, it, can, it is used and can certainly be used in the idea of like your character committing violence and you not being a violent person and there there's a dissonance happening there, but you know the term like really started kind of like popping up into in more like game theory or, uh, or like kind of resurfacing in that way with uh, Bioshock and with the um, not yeah. climax of Bioshock, but the, the twist, you know, this character you're playing, not having agency and, and you as the player now questioning your own agency after this point is brought up. Um, but yeah, I do think I, I, I do. Th- I think that conversation and I've had it a lot with myself as someone who like, you know, like I, I, I I've been playing uh, call of duty Warzone again recently, very like military, you know, we all know what it is. Very military shoot 'em up game. This one's a battle royale, like many other games. I'm having a good time. I'm playing with my friends. I like that game. But like, you know, I'm not Mr. Gun Guy. I don't really like 
you know, guns all that much. And like, you know, my stance you say on, what you say with your shelves of guns behind with all you, my with apartment. all my weaponry behind me. Jesus, but, you know, I play on. I play many games and love many games that feature violence and shooting and stuff like that. And like, you know, for me, the way I see it is because like, you know, if there, I see it as interesting stories and, and satisfying gameplay the same way that you brought up, you know, sports and board games and in these simple like primal desires to do any of these x y z's crosses circles yeah. Pro- our button prove triggers. your skills prove your skills and it feels good to like you know the, the same way where it just feels satisfying to remove a jenga block and put it on another thing it feels satisfying to climb a rock in uncharted or to shoot someone in uh-huh. a video game <laughs> you know it just these are like these are uh, mechanics chasing uh being satisfied and like, you know, I do like that this question has driven more game designers to use these satisfying mechanics in ways that are not used only through violence. Um, like Nintendo, don't, they don't really make shooters, right? They, uh, they've dabbled. I think they probably, I think they, you know, either produced or they didn't make the GoldenEye game for N64, but they, it was released solely on their console, um, they made Metroid Prime, but you're shooting aliens. It's not really like a shooty shooty, you know. Well, now what's the difference here? So I, I think you know, it's like aliens. Aliens are just humans from other true. planets. Well, an example I wanted to bring they up got is kids, Nintendo. They got mommies, daddies. They, they have a game called Splatoon, which is like it's mm-hmm. a it's a third person shooting game made by Nintendo, but you're like shooting super soakers at each other that are filled with ink. Of course. So like you know, it's a very create and like the shooting that game rivals many other shooting games but it's it's the way that you're doing it is just like you know in much like what you're doing in the game it's it's the violence is painted over with like this like really colorful painterly aesthetic you know you're just covering someone with paint you're not killing them right um but then even in like other games like you know there's there's a lot of ways that people are are kind of like pivoting to making not as violent games using these mechanics but for me personally like I'm very into those games that people are making and I'm always going to like a game where I'm like doing a shooty, but I don't like, I, I'm not. And like, I even can get down in the game that has like gratuitous violence. Like I've played gears of war. You're like, you're doing ungodly yeah. shit to these people, you know, yeah. but like, it's, it, it's, it's the escapist like, nature it. of like video games and stuff. And yeah. it, you know, it brings up even like the even touchier conversation about like games influencing behavior and stuff where, you know, yeah, I don't want to rub any feathers the wrong way. I've always been firmly on the, like the basis of, um, you know, somebody going around and shooting a bunch of people just because he let, he wants to probably doesn't have very much to do with video games. Um, Especially it's got a lot domestic, to do with parenting and mental health. Most domestic terrorism that happens in this country right now is done by middle-aged white men who I don't think have ever played Grand Theft Auto. But you also get like, you know, you know it's all men. And uh, white men, very much mainly. Yeah. And you know, uh, white men, video games. Uh, you know, they there. There's a stigma there where it's like they're the yeah. ones that only play it. It's very much not true. And there yeah. is especially, it, especially increasingly untrue. Yeah. Even exactly. More and more. It's, it's just kind of like things. you know, it's the it's the idea of the dude living in his parents' basement. Yeah. Playing Mario all the time, getting high. And his Eating dad's shoot, like, shoot what everything. the fuck is wrong with you? Like, 
come on. Like you were living, you moved out a couple years ago and you were doing fine. And now you're back. Like you're not trying to leave. What's going on here? You smell like weed. Is this all that you want to do? And, you know, like your mom's nice about it, too. But then sometimes she gets on your case about it. And sometimes your dad's nice, too. And he acts cool and you think it's all over. But then he's like right back up your ass about like moving out. And then you got to fucking like try and find a place to live. But it's too expensive. And then you find out about these like artist studios that are opening up. And you're really trying to figure out a way to be able to get in there. And if you're even going to be eligible. And then you have to wait so long. But it all turns out eventually on the positive side, I think. In this hypothetical situation. Yeah, in this very specific. And, you know, I think people who have to go through all that, as tough of a time as it sounds... They should be allowed to shoot people in video games. (laughs) Just let them blow off some fucking steam. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, there there have been many studies trying to create a correlation between violent video games and violent actions. And uh, a lot of them are inconclusive to... There's none. No it just doesn't. I get how it makes sense at first, but it like it's like so easy, many things. Well, it's an easy once you start, right? Once like, you start thinking about it, you're like, wait, what? Like, what do yeah. you mean? Like, they have to learn how to shoot the guns. They don't teach you how to do that in the game. I don't think there's a lot like, of people. There's yeah. hand-eye coordination, sure, but it's like, have you ever tried to? Like, you've played a bunch of like uh, Gear of War and Call of Duty, all of that stuff. Yeah. Do you think that you'd be able to like load? cock and fire uh like an ak-47 like if it was like no, no. it wasn't fully loaded and ready to go no. like do you think you could put a fucking no <laughs> no right well it's like i you know i i think about like kind of like one of the biggest uh forms of violence in our history which is like coliseums right you think all no. the people in that coliseum were just like i gotta do what that guy fucking does i gotta sure, get, right. i gotta get down there and do what this guy does i'm sure right. some people were just like He's not so tough. I could probably, I could probably fight that guy. Hey, hey, Judas, you think I could fight that guy down there? No. Yeah, right. Judas being a dickhead, <laughs> being an asshole again, as he's known for. He doesn't yeah. let me. He doesn't tell me do things. You know, I and again, it's a, it's a sensitive subject, and does it garner attention to look at how video games encourage and kind of desensitize? Absolutely, but again, like that really comes down to what the what the the mental health of a person is and even more importantly i think is like you know the surroundings and the upbringing of this person like you know i played games my entire life yeah. and you know i have some mental issues like i'm very anxious um sometimes i can get a little paranoid about what people are saying about me but like i try not to like let it get to me too much and i've gotten better at it as i've gotten older but definitely when i was younger i was very stressed out about that You know, like I had a lot of like very similar issues that I would expect many of these people have. Definitely not to the detrimental nature that they do. I'm not trying to compare myself to them and be like, well, I did it. Why can't they? But I think it very much is a thing where it's like like, video game. Like Call of Duty is one of the most successful video games of all time. They sell what? Am I going out of line by saying they sell like 20 million of no, each not, of those games, you are not out of line in thinking and that. And we don't, it, have, and we, yeah. and we don't have ten million people like just shooting up quickie marts. Like no. this is what I'm talking we about. Have, where we it's definitely like, what are you have talking too about? many people shooting. We have up too many everything. people doing yeah. it, but it's yeah. again but like it's not, you're, no. you're you're the correlation between them it's and this not is just not it's there. Just not but there. I uh, digressing from that kind of too real conversation and getting back to some fun. I do like that there are no. Uh, she doesn't really shoot guns 
in this movie. She's always kind of got the bow. She's well, yeah. Oh, in the new one, yeah. I was gonna in say the, the new ones. One. In, in the, the other one, one, no, it's all blah, 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 blah. yeah. But I was actually gonna say she doesn't like shoot. In the second one, she does a little bit more like actual shooting people. In the first one, yeah. she like kind of doesn't shoot. No, she shoots she, like statues, yeah. and she's. I mean, it's your she's alien car. She got it's it. your alien argument where it's like you know sure. that robot's got a dad. Those statues, <laughs> they got kids. They got moms and dads. Like it's the same thing. All the statues. Yeah. Real no, quick, can we talk about how she, yeah. sick that big statue is in the first one with like the spinning heads, and she like shoots yeah. the face off of it, and then she's just, and then the face is like, no, 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 no. Those. So you know what's weird? Those movies actually have like decent CGI. It's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, like the um. The monsters at the end of the second Tomb Raider movie, I was just yeah. like, these, am I, in, am it's, I it's, fucking it's shocking. insane? They look good. Like, because it's like, lighting it's, on them correct. Like, it's, it's the, all The movie correct. is such schlock the entire time. And then when you get to the point where you'd be like, well, they're going to, they haven't spent money on a good script and good acting. So why would they spend it on CGI? CGI? And it's like, they're really good CGI. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. I was, I, I remember being like amazed especially i'm like you know like how recently next to this that like scorpion came come out you know like right around the same time yeah yeah and like and like this like that movie actually like looks good you know and i would say like the set design in those movies and stuff like they capture an essence like a lot of those like the tombs like they look cool i still wish across all the movies the 2018 one i give i give a pass to because it's like the first and i i hope the franchise mm-hmm. um but i was like i wish it went to more tombs you still only get like, yeah. I mean, she is only, the, she's the Tomb Raider. She's not the Tombs Raider. This was the thing that I argued with you guys back like two years ago after I finally saw it. I was like, well, I mean, it's Tomb Raider. She, yeah, she only does one. How many Tombs do you want her to hit? Like, it's not Tombs Raider. In in the games, it's very much Tombs Raider. Uh, especially the second one, like, they're like, they're like, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to go, I have an option to raid this tomb. And they're always like really cool because they're just like. That's the first one too, is like, you yeah. just kind of come across this thing. And like you're, I love too in the 2013 guy, like your controller does so much cool shit. Mm. Uh, the walkie talkie comes through the controller so you can put it up to your ear. Yeah. Um, whenever you light a torch, uh, which I love that you get better at being able to do that as you go through it, like flickers like yellow, red and orange. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the vibration mechanics of alerts and stuff is really cool. Um Nails a lot of stuff that I think has been in games for a very long time. I guess in 2013, that's probably right around the time that like a PS, the PS4 came out, right? Yeah. So they probably optimized. So because you're actually not playing the I'm playing the definitive edition. Yeah, the you're one not that, playing the original version of the game. And it's actually it's funny that you mentioned that because like you know when you get to the PS5, there's even more of like kind of tech like that in cool. the controller, like um. The triggers have like haptic feedback in it, so when you're pulling back a, bow, a bowstring, the triggers will change and give you more like bow, like string tension as you're pulling it back. That's pretty cool. It's it's sick. When you're playing like more competitive games, it's a little fucking distracting because it's just like, all right, this is this is too much. Well, it's hard to it's hard to fire a bow, Robbie. It is hard to fire a bow, but you're trying to like you know click heads and take down names. I'm just gotta get um, better at it, I guess. Yeah, get get good. Um. But yeah, I mean, and you know, the thing I do like about the 2018 movie, yeah, I like that she's not like shooting people all the time. She's just using the bow, and she's kind of more, more using like her 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 mobility to kind of like get yes. through situations. You know, it's like what that. the entire opening act is all about: is that she she's smart, she knows how to hide, uh, yeah. she knows how to maneuver very well, she has very good instincts on how to act on her feet, uh, and she's athletic. Like she, you know, when she's fighting that. 
person in the in the ring, you know, she gets beaten, but that's good because like you need her to fail a bunch. So then you're afraid that she's going to fail again. And yeah. she's afraid that she's going to fail again because we've already seen her fail the, like three times. In the original Tomb Raider movies, you know, Angelina Jolie's Laura Croft is just so painfully capable. She's godlike. Yeah, she's James yeah. Bond. Like you yeah, can toss her into any like, situation. You're not you're not nervous if she's going to be all right. You're just like, how cool is this going to be? Yeah, except in the second one, I do think that the be- one of the best moments of tension, which the movie does, you know, a decent job building up at least this moment is is her showdown with a. Uh, uh, Gerard Butler, right? That's oh, the at the end? Just, that's an amazing that, yeah, ending. That, shit, that shit's really cool. Because, like, you know, like, do you have stakes that she could die? Absolutely fucking not. But I have, I'm I'm concerned that she's going to have to kill this dude who she clearly cares about. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm, afraid, love it. They, I'm afraid her heart could break, you know? And I love that they flip, like, there's a really cool line in the first one where, she's, where she says to the bad guy, she's like, um, are you going to try and kill me? And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. And she's like, I said you'd try. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a cool line. And then that's the whole kind of um, that's really the the stakes that are involved with uh, Lara's victory in this is she has a line in the second one where she says, uh, it's not that it's like, I'm afraid that you'll make me. He's, that's she's what, like, yeah, that, I don't want to like kill you, but like, I'm afraid you'd make me. I know which it. one you're and, talking about, too. Yeah, it's and, one of the and, best and, lines ever. Dude, that line fucking slaps. Yeah, and it's just like there's so a lot of like there's just a lot of really good moments in those movies that I think are it's just the right amount. Like you get some really good lines, some good one-liners, some fun action. I think that I just think that the tone could be just dialed back a little bit or yeah. cranked up, you know. I think the cartoony level in it is just like at a weird angle. Bring it back a little or dial it all the way up. Uh, but it's it, it's it's kind of nice that you know the two thousand one two thousand three movies could walk so that the two thousand thirteen could reboot it and the twenty eighteen could run and that yeah. is the most that's the one thing I said to you and Jack way back when um when you guys first recorded on it and I listened to it is that I like this movie a lot really excited to see what they do with a sequel. And it doesn't really matter about the directing and stuff like that. I think this movie is directed well enough, but yeah. I think that it really is in the chemistry between um, all of the characters. I love that there's no romance in this, that it's it's all just implied. Um, and again, like the father, the father, the father nature dynamics of all of the characters is extremely interesting. I think that's a really fun at the script level uh, kind of yeah. hitch hitch to throw in is that everybody's got daddy issues, whether they are daddy, Jude Law, the holiday, or they are the ones that were abandoned by daddy. Uh, I think that that's a very interesting thing to put in there that they didn't have to. You can just give Laura the daddy issues. That's kind of the thing that they've been doing in a lot of the movies and yeah. the games. But I kind of like that they kind of extend that to everybody else that is like a major player in the game. Like, even the villain is this dude who's just like, I have abandoned my children and I need to get back to them. Like, he's the one that's like, he's the opposite of who, what Lara's dad was just like, fuck my kid, I have to save the world. Whereas this guy's like, fuck the world, I need to get back to my kids. And he's the villain, he's the bad guy. And I, I think that's a, that's a super interesting relationship to have between hero and villain in a movie about Raiden Tombs. And one more thing. In the hot take episode, 
Did you listen to it again? I did. Ah, fired you up. Jack Kolodzieski, a man whom I love. Yes. Says that the name Tomb Raider is stupid. Um, no. That's a really cool name. Yeah, it also tells you what it is. They do. <laughs> it's what do they do in What do they do in Uncharted? Cool. They go to Uncharted places. And then he says Raiders of the Lost Ark is a cool name too. Well, um, we I, can agree. Well, we can fine. agree with that. Yeah. Fine, good. But like Tomb Raider, I would argue is a cooler name. It's crazy to think about just like how huge of a deal Tomb Raider is as just like a property. It like, is odd. It's, you forget it's about it and then huge. it like comes out. They're like, there's a new game coming out and everyone's just like, fuck, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, the thing, it's like it's made so much fucking money. Like, mm-hmm. like as just like, like it's just, it, I, I never realized just like how big of a deal it was until doing research on it, but it's like not something that like you're waiting on, like, like I'm not waiting on the next Tomb Raider game. I don't think anyone's waiting on the next Tomb Raider game with bated breath, you know? It's like, when but it comes out, when, up, when it like, happens, it's like, fuck, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna fuck with that. Like, I'm like, gonna check that shit out. I'm not really sure what they're gonna do with Tomb Raider, the games going forward, because I didn't beat Shadow of the Tomb Raider, but it seemed like it was kind of like a, a trilogy conclusion the, yeah yeah because like you know she has she has an arc in these three games you know like she's becoming mm-hmm. the tomb raider in the first one she's uh the second one's just really good she's just kind of doing more tomb raider stuff the, mm-hmm. I, I think the weakest thing in in the games is um in the new games at least is just kind of like the overall story like her versus trinity and stuff like that it's like i'm not Fun. as into mm-hmm. it like it's fine and her, then the, like, the third one is inward. is like a thief ending Kind of. I mean, it's like, I, I think the third one deals with her kind of being a dick. You know what a I thief, mean? A thief ending. Yeah. Is that what that means? Well, uh, uh, Uncharted 4, oh, Uncharted. A Thief's <laughs> End, a thief's where end. it's like an amazing conclusion to an amazing series of movies that kind of just like upends everything. And it's just like, this guy's actually kind of a dick. And you're like, oh yeah, he is kind of a dick, isn't he? I think Shadow is similar in that way, where it's just like, well, maybe she's doing things that are bad. Um, or she she's she's too uh, she's too laser focused on her goal and will do anything to get it while steamrolling the people around her that care about her. Oh, I can connect with that. Mm-hmm. Um, she needs to take a fucking vacation. That's the that's her she life just, would have been so much easier. It's so easy to take vacations. Just take a I fucking know. vacation. Well, just stop. You know, just stop working. It's so easy. She, she tries to to combine work and play. She's like, oh, "I'll travel to this tropical island." Yeah, but then oh, you're there's gonna, a tomb. I didn't yeah, know there was a tomb on. there. I'll go yeah. check out this tomb. Tombs just let everywhere. Me check out this tomb. When you're a tomb raider, it's hard to go on vacation. There's tombs everywhere. There's tombs everywhere. You there's always know. work wherever you go. <laughs> it's like like a always writer. Tombs. It's like oh, everywhere you go, you're working. Everywhere. Um. Yeah. Games are cool. I'm excited to see. I really hope we do get a sequel to this Tomb Raider movie. I really do. I, they keep talking about it. Like every six months, yeah. there's an article that drops either from like Vikander or um, the director. And you're just like, you really hope. I really hope. Like I like I will dress up like Lara Croft, like for opening night for this. Like I will go to this. Like I'm not waiting it with bated breath for like a Tomb Raider video game sequel. But like give me a sequel to movie. this movie just give me one more yeah at least man because like you know yeah I, I feel like a, like a few years ago when this movie came out i was like oh it's 
200% going to get a sequel. But then, you know, I think the reception to the movie was like a little lukewarm. Yeah, not very negative, just lukewarm. Just People lukewarm. Were like, and it made money. Yeah, which is good. But then also um, the pandemic happened, which kind of like shuffles everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, now, now the movie feels like farther away than ever to the point where it's just like, it's like the Power Rangers sequel. You know, like we got that Power Rangers movie. It's just like, ha- didn't love it. Thought it was pretty cool. I'd like to see what they did with the second one, but then it just kind of got too shuffled around. We're like, oh, we're just gonna reboot it, and it's like, all right, I guess so. And you know, maybe that reboot will slap. But I do hope they they continue in this uh, Tomb Raider franchise. And I think it'd be cool, like, to figure out a way to bring Angelina Jolie back as maybe an experienced Raider of Tombs who can uh, help out the young one. Maybe yeah. one day, we'll see. All right, Mike, you got anything else to say about uh, Tomb Raider? No, I think we really kind of shook it all out. I, I think that it's, I think it's a really interesting. I love that it's such a long-running gaming franchise and very unique to like you know a lot of the early ones that we're talking about are kind of like arcade, Nintendo, like Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo kind of Sega Genesis stuff. I kind of like that this is like PlayStation, which, you know, started up a little bit later than all these other guys and yeah. has definitely become like one of like the big dogs. Um, and I think that's interesting. And I love that the movies are kind of so different from each other. Even the first two, I think, are wildly different from each other and then obviously the 2018 one is very different uh, so purposefully uh i'm glad you dug it a little bit more on the second one i think i think the yeah. 2018 one is a really special movie and well, again like the I- other two definitely made me like sure this yeah. movie's perfect yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah i think it's just i think it's a movie that is very eager to do what it wants to do that its flaws are kind of like I said at the top of the episode. Its flaws are very on its sleeve. Uh, it's it's shooting high, and sometimes it misses. And so when it misses, it misses pretty hard. But I think its recovery on a lot of those things are pretty good. And I think its general intentions of what it's trying to do are admirable. And that it's not that bad. Like no. what happens, it's not great, and some of it isn't even all that good. But I think there's there's a there's a lot. There's a lot more good in this movie than there is bad. And I think the general tone of it is a lot of fun and adventure and action-y. And I think it's totally worth people's time. Like if, you know, we've kind of talked about it a lot, but we really haven't gotten into real specific spoilers for too long. Uh, you know, so if anybody's listening it's to this and haven't watched it. Also, you know, like it's yeah. kind of like get like like get on the ride. You might know yeah. like the loop loops it does, but get on it. Yeah. You know, to see it. Can't recommend it enough. I think it's, it's yeah. one of my favorite uh, action movies of the past 10 years. And I'm really excited to keep uh, jumping through the Tomb Raider games as I as I do. You know, this 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 uh, series that we're doing is a good excuse for me to kind of utilize um, my time to like play some games <laughs> and make them kind of like for work, which is how I trick myself into doing you, things uh, that I like. You took a vacation to a tomb. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that uh, Tomb Raider has changed with the times, and I think that any franchise or intellectual property that can do that can put you in the in the big big dog conversation like like James Bond you know where you know there's this character that can is malleable that can change and morph depending on what decade you're in you know and um 
And, you know, I, I don't think I ever, you asked me a decent amount of time ago, I never would have thought, I thought Tomb Raider was one type of thing, you know? Because Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider and the original Tomb Raider games, like, you know, that's that's one, that's a singular version of, of Lara Croft, you know? But now, you know, you have, she's changing, she's evolving, and I think that's, I think that's cool. Um, maybe they'll reboot her and, and uh, she can be a guy. And then call Indiana Jones. I mean, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's like when Mario gets resurrected, uh, he'll come back yeah. as Lara Croft. Rest in peace. Yeah, that'd be a twist. Well, mm-hmm. it's a me. <laughs> it's a it's a me, the Tomb Raider. Well, Mike, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm not sure what the next one we're doing is. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, because we Mortal we swapped Kombat. them because the the new one's coming out. Uh, it was the 16th. Now it's the 23rd. We are booked for it at the theater. Hey. Gonna be cool. I'm working Check on a way to try and hook up a Super Nintendo to the big screen and pass around wireless controllers, sanitize them in between, of course, and have people play old uh, SNES uh, Mortal Kombat in lieu of some trailers. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna cover the uh, the first two movies as well. I'm gonna watch that Legacy uh, show as well, like the the like the ten part ten minute thing just to get a just to get a peek but i'm really excited to talk about the mortal kombat movie the first one because that is i i think that that's a great movie i think that that's a great video game adaptation and a great example of a video game that has almost zero story so when they make a movie (laughs) they have to come up with something and i love that in like 93 94 or whatever Mortal Kombat was just kind of the people writing Mortal Kombat were like, yeah, I don't know. Do we really need to have a story though? Like, can't we just say like this guy killed this dude's dad and like just be done with it? And they're like, yes, and then that's it. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this one coming up is just like, what if tournament? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's all you need. It's Mortal Kombat. Show me people fighting. Don't fuck around. Yeah, there's a movie that came out recently that we'll be podcasting about that I'm like, yeah, just more of what the title says. Yeah, it's just more. And also to Mortal Kombat has one of the greatest just openings. Mm. Like when you see the New Line Cinema like bars coming by and it's just it's it's the best thing in the fucking world it feels so good i can't wait and i've held off i have them i'm ready to watch them but i've held off because i want to talk about tomb raider first i'm gonna jump so hard into these i got i got mortal kombat 9 10 and 11 oh shit which are the the games that are kind of that rebooted Yes. Everything like what we've got going on right now because I haven't played those, so I got those. I'm I want to be informed, and you know those bad boys. Those bad boys got like a ten to fourteen hour like game time run on them, so I think that I can pull that off. Uh, just try, try and whip through them real quick. So I'm excited. Yeah, well, it's gonna be cool. Get ready for some Mortal Kombat conversation. Uh, and again, Mike, you think Mike, you Mike, you Mike, you thank Mike, you <laughs> thank Mike you for thank joining Birch. me. <laughs> And listeners, thank you for listening. As you know, we're not the only podcast on Story Screen. And if you're a subscriber to this feed of content, then you really know we're not the only podcast on Story Screen. So please support us in the many ways that you can by heading to our website, listening to more podcasts wherever podcasts are found, reading some articles where 
you know where the articles are found. And don't forget to go, if you live in the area, or if you want to take a, an adventure, come to our uh, real theater. Our own tomb. Our, our tomb own tomb. Our that we raided clean. and turned into a theater. <laughs> very clean, very safe movie theater. Come check it out. Watch. Yeah, I guess it's not a good thing to call a movie theater a tomb right now with all this going on. It's, I wouldn't Kind of drop the ball it. on that one. Yeah, no. well, you know. We'll get, we'll be in the, uh, the and follow us, article. follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Come on guys. Yeah. Check it, check us out. We, uh, we're making really cool stuff on YouTube. We're really trying to branch yeah. out and do more video content. And, uh, Twitter is where I like to turn people's faces into the Joker. He gets a little nasty. I get a little nasty. So if you want to see that, you know where to go. All right. Until next time. Peace. I'm going to go werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.